are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Monday, April 19th. We are 10 days away from the 2021 NFL Draft, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% on your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Today on the show, we have spent a lot of time talking about the dynamics of what the Dolphins look for, what candidates the Dolphins could have at certain position groups. We're putting it all together. We are looking specifically at offensive linemen, and I have created a list, top 25 candidates for the Miami Dolphins. I'm excited to work through this list. We're going to work backwards. We're going to go 25 to 1 looking at the top 25 names that I think are pertinent to the Miami Dolphins from an offensive line perspective, what you need to know about them, whether or not they qualify for the Dolphins' trends. And it's not hard and fast. I did put players on here that did not qualify because their tape is good. That's why I'm on Twitter at grinding the tape, watching the tape on all these guys. So let's get right into it. This is offensive linemen... Centers, guards, offensive tackles, all combined. The 25 names I think are most pertinent for you to know as Miami Dolphins fans relating to the Dolphins' offensive needs. Number 25, small school prospect, Miami of Ohio, Tommy Doyle, offensive tackle. Six foot eight, 326 pounds. This is a three-year starter at tackle for the University of Miami of Ohio. Uh, I think he's a developmental guy, but at his size, obviously, you're talking about a dude who can bring a ton of pop and power, and that's what the Dolphins are looking for in their offensive line in general, is guys who can beat you up move you around up front. I do think he's a little bit better as a run blocker right now than he is as a pass protector, but he meets both thresholds for the Dolphins. He gets two check marks. 320 pounds at the Pro Day. He was listed at 326 on the roster. 89th percentile in the standing broad jump. Okay, Projection for this player is late on day three. Like one of those two seventh round selections. Next, number 24, Carson Green. Played offensive tackle at Texas A&M University. He's played right tackle, but... Some feel he's better off suited kicking inside to offensive guard, so there's a projection for some positional versatility here. You like that he played in the SEC. Carson Green, he's another late-round prospect, sixth or seventh round. I've tried to put these in order of buckets between guys who are going first round, guys who are going day two, and guys that are going on day three, and then how I like them specifically for Miami within each of those buckets. So this is not necessarily predictive of what the actual NFL draft order is going to be because the other 31 teams are are valuing these players off of different sets of criteria. So Carson Green for Miami, he checks both boxes. 320 pounds, 80th percentile in the standing broad jump. Of course, if you listened to 
this show in which we covered the top 100 guys and how they fit the Dolphins' trends. Nine major additions to the Dolphins' offensive line over the last 24 months. The average weight of those players is 323 pounds. And the standing broad jump, anybody who logged the test, 70th percentile or better. The next guy checks neither box. Uh, Stone Forsythe. I think he's an early day three offensive tackle. Outside chance of sneaking into the top 100. But for Miami, specifically, uh, I think he's probably a guy uh, who would be an early day three target, but he meets neither of the check marks that the Dolphins covet. Now, he's listed on the roster at 315. He checked in at the Florida Pro Day at 307. 55th percentile in the standing broad jump. What I really like about Stone Forsythe is how smooth he is. So he's a big guy, six foot eight. And he carries that weight fairly well. He's only a tackle, but I think he could be a swing tackle. I think he could be a guy who could be your third offensive tackle, kind of like what Jesse Davis is for the Dolphins. And he could play on either side of the line if you got in a pinch. His pass sets are really, really nice. Uh, but for Miami, knowing how much they're going to want to run the football and gain ground and reset the line of scrimmage, I think the fact that he's a little one-dimensional as an offensive lineman, plus the fact that he checked neither of the boxes in the pre-draft process that we know based on Miami's trends that they covet, that's why he ends up being down a little bit further. But he is predictively somebody that I would expect is going to get their name called early on day three at the latest. So probably not going to be a fit for Miami when it's all said and done, but definitely a name that needed to be recognized here if we're talking about offensive linemen in this class. The next name sitting here at 22 is a player I actually really, really like. Uh, Trey Hill, the center from the University of Georgia. Uh, He checked in at the Pro Day at 319. He did not participate in the standing broad jump, he participated in just about everything else and was notably below average. But technically speaking, uh, he would not disqualify because he did not participate in the only test that we found the trend in for the Dolphins. Uh, he is, first of all, he played next to Solomon Kinley in 2019. He played next to Ben Cleveland, another name we'll talk about here uh, in the not-too-distant future. Power center. Uh Played in the SEC, I thought he really showcased himself well against University of Auburn. Uh, He played terrific in that game. Uh, Played okay against University of Alabama. Up and down uh, as far as observations that I've seen with Trey and some weaknesses in his game. I do think he's a bit of a clapper. And what I mean by that is that first strike contact, instead of shooting those hands in tight, Uh, He is often wide hands up on the outside of the pads, leads to some inconsistency with getting his hand fit. This is a developmental player. He's going to be a day three pick in the draft. Uh, But if the Dolphins get there in the fifth round and for whatever reason, like they don't get one of the top centers or Quinn Miners, like Trey Hill from Georgia would absolutely be a player I would be interested in the Dolphins securing. Uh, He just has an incomplete profile based on what we know the trends are for the Dolphins. Number 21, Aaron Banks. Uh, This is a familiar face. If you watch the 2021 Senior Bowl, he was on the Dolphins national team roster. Uh, He checked in at his pro day at 325 pounds. So he's right there close to that average for size. He plays guard for the University of Notre Dame. 
I've been impressed with how light on his feet he is for his size and stature. Uh, He climbs to the B level fairly well. That's interesting because that's something the Dolphins struggled with to a certain degree in 2020 between Eric Flowers and Solomon Kinley and Jesse Day. It's like getting up on those linebackers on the second level and getting off the double teams was not an area that I thought the Dolphins were particularly strong in the run game. Banks, I think that's one of his better qualities. Um, He's probably going to be an early day three selection. Uh, The reason why he's at 21 on this list is because he jumped in the 43rd percentile in the standing broad jump. So again, that doesn't disqualify him from being a pick for the Miami Dolphins. But I think if I stack the board and I stack the players, if we're being completely honest, you know, that doesn't help your case to be in the 43rd percentile in a test that we've seen matters to the Dolphins. But I think the coaching that he received at the Senior Bowl, uh, and they were very hands-on with him. He was the guy who you uh, uh, remember they had the coaches all mic'd up, and they said, well, two is mobile, two is mobile, like teasing as as though uh, he's already on the team. So uh, Aaron Banks, 21st. So the bottom five out of this group of 25, We have Miami of Ohio offensive tackle Tommy Doyle, Carson Green offensive guard slash tackle play tackle in college from Texas A&M, Stone Forsyth, University of Florida, Trey Hill, center, University of Georgia, Aaron Banks, offensive guard, Notre Dame. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced Limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out, but they won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Football season. It's in the books, but the NFL draft right around the corner. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action, including the NBA, MLB, NHL, the NFL draft. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and yours truly over on Draft Dudes alongside Joe Marino for the latest draft news and stay tuned for more info about our live draft day one coverage. So we're going to continue our way up the board here. All of these names to this point in time are still 
day three prospects as far as I'm concerned. The next one is Stanford offensive tackle Walker Little. Uh, there is some perception that Little is going to have to move inside and play guard at the next level. So you get in a pinch, he can play outside. Uh, he's a big dude, six foot seven. Checked in at his pro day at 313 pounds, 89th percentile in standing broad jump. But what's most important for Walker Little? Why is he down so far on this list at 20th overall when he plays a premium position like offensive tackle? He was a former five-star recruit, used to be considered a potential first-round draft selection. Injuries. The best ability is availability, and Walker Little is not too high up on that list. Uh, He struggles with staying healthy. His sample size the last couple of years is low. The durability factor and the impact on his athletic profile, it's all problematic. Now, I do expect he's going to be lingering around here on day three uh, because of those injury questions. So if he clears his medicals, he's worth having a conversation when you hit the fifth round, especially if you just want more multiplicity in your offensive line group. Jack Anderson, offensive guard, Texas Tech. Six foot four and a half, came in at 314 pounds at his pro day. Uh, really dense. Uh, I, I think he's capable, even though he played in the Big 12, of being a player that can win with power at the point of attack. Uh, started 28 consecutive games at right guard for the Red Raiders. Uh, he's fairly pro ready. The good thing about playing at Texas Tech is you know his pass sets are going to be pretty effective uh, because they like to to toss the ball around the yard there at Texas Tech. What I like about Anderson, too, uh, is he has that play-style demeanor that I think is really going to click and mesh with the Dolphins uh, for their style of play. Another day three guy. Uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, four or five more day three prospects to get into. So there's not too much of a picture to paint here. Just I want to tell you guys a little bit about you know some of our options if we get into the draft. And he jumped uh, 72nd percentile in the standing broad jump. So he qualifies for both benchmarks for the Dolphins. Sedarius Hutcherson, another SEC guy. This guy's from South Carolina. 314 pounds. Again, 72nd percentile in the standing broad jump. Four-year starter in the SEC. He's taking time at left guard, right guard, left tackle, little bit of everything. So you already know that kind of versatility on the resume is going to move the needle for a team like the Dolphins. He's a gap-slash-inside-zone style fit. Uh, He's not overly dynamic as far as playing in space. Uh, He has flashed a little bit as a puller. Uh, So when you run counter and lead, and you got to get guys there that can wrap around the offensive front. Uh, Eric Flowers was the most frequent puller that I recall on tape for the Dolphins in 2020. The fact that Hutcherson has some left guard experience, okay, yeah, you know, you want to get into day three and and add somebody who can potentially be groomed to take Eric Flowers' spot and be, like, worth 10% of his salary in 2022. Sedarius Hutcherson, he meets the, be- the, the benchmarks, 321 pounds, 72nd percentile in the broad jump, clears the boxes you need him to clear. Uh, the next one is interesting to me. 
He played left tackle for the University of Clemson, of all places. Jackson Carmen. Uh, incomplete athletic profile, did not participate in any tests, but checked in at 317 pounds. I only like him at guard. Uh, I understand he played at left tackle for Clemson, uh, but when you watch him play, he's not overly fluid in space, in pass protection. He gets by because he's big. He doesn't get by because he's athletic. And say what you will, about Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt and how they're better as run blockers than they are in pass pro. At the very least, both of those guys are athletic. Jackson Carmen, to me, does not... He, I mean, he, he was built and played like a 330-pound version, which is what he was on the roster, of Solomon Kinley playing left tackle. Like that, when I watched, those were the movement skills that were invoked for me watching Jackson Carmen play. Uh, the pedigree is good. The experience at tackle is good. But he's up here towards the top of the day three names. Predictively, I think he's a, a real strong chance to go in round three. So he may not even be there at a point in which it would make sense for the Dolphins to have the conversation. Of the names below, Hutcherson, Anderson, Little, I don't think any of those guys is going to go on day two. Carmen's the next name that we mentioned here, along with potentially Stone Forsyth and Aaron Banks, who could be predictively day two guys. And if that's the price to get any of them, I'm perfectly fine letting them walk. Now, maybe the Dolphins specifically covet them higher. You know, I don't have any inside intel on what the Dolphins board looks like, but I'm just trying to read the tea leaves a little bit. This is the last one that I'm not super... Sold on. It's Ben Cleveland from University of Georgia. If the Dolphins like Solomon Kinley, they should freaking love Ben Cleveland, who stepped into that right guard spot. Um, 343 pounds, 54th percentile in the broad jump. So he did not meet uh, the trends mark. But at the same time, if we're being honest, like Solomon Kinley probably wouldn't have hit it if he did test it anyway. So, nevertheless, I digress. Uh, he is a bully. <laughs> so if that's the brand that the Dolphins want to play, and we've seen that with Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt, they want to punch you in the mouth. Ben Cleveland can be that guy. He's another guy predictively, I think has a, a decent chance to sneak in round three. Uh, would the, should the Dolphins take him at 81? Probably not. Is he going to make it to 156? No. So you're, he's in that dead spot. Uh, and that's why I'm not sold on him. Is the price I don't think is going to be right for what Miami has. So unless you manipulate your pick selection, Ben Cleveland's going to be a tough sell. So we went through, we summarized 25 through 21. Let's summarize 20 through 16. Walker Little, Stanford University offensive tackle. Jack Anderson, offensive guard, Texas Tech. Sedarius Hutcherson, offensive guard, South Carolina. Jackson Carmen, I'm calling him an offensive guard. Clemson, Ben Cleveland, right guard, Georgia. Here's where the fun begins. I think there's 15 names that I get like super excited about. Not all of them, again, check the boxes. And I want to be clear, 
just because you don't meet the two thresholds that we have established that the Dolphins like does not disqualify you if your tape is good enough. David Moore from Grambling. Grambling State University. 330 pounds, 72nd percentile on the broad jump. Checks both the boxes. Probably going to be there on day three. Developmental guy. Went through scouting meetings over at the Draft Network with Jordan Reed, and the name that came up was Shaq Mason, who plays left guard for the New England Patriots. I can see that comparison. His style of play. Now, Mason came from Georgia Tech, where they never passed the ball. Moore did get into some pass protection, but Moore's the kind of guy, like we talk about Ben Cleveland and being a bully in the trenches. David Moore is 13 pounds lighter, brings the same level of tenacity, and pounded the tar out of whoever Grambling was playing. Smaller level of competition than the SEC. That's the one of the concerns. Moore did go up to the Senior Bowl and have a strong showing. But just knocking dude's teeth out. I fell in love watching him play. He's super fun. This is a, a fourth or fifth round prospect. David Moore, Grambling State, played at guard, 330 pounds, 72nd percentile in the standing broad jump, meets the thresholds that the Dolphins would need him to make to feel confident that he would be a player that would draw their interest. Built Bar is a candy bar that tastes like a protein bar. We've been telling you about our friends at Built Bar for quite some time. 18 delicious flavors, high in protein, low in calories, High in fiber, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all of their bars. So whether you're looking for something that's delicious, whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, something quick to eat and grab on the go, something to start your day, Built Bar can fill that void for you. So visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% on your next order of Built Bar. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Save 15%, find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhamfor, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all of the sports podcasts and music and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. And we are rolling here. The last guy that I have earmarked as a day three prospect, Trey Smith, University of Tennessee, six foot five and a half, 321 pounds, 92nd percentile in the standing broad jump. Trey Smith, former five star recruit, freshman phenom, had some blood clots issues. We talked about this when we did the, the top 100 players that. Uh, qualified for the Dolphins' criteria. Blood clots in his lungs cost him some time. Pretty scary medical issue. Uh, he's plateaued a little bit. He played left tackle. Tennessee asked him played left tackle. He's the best athlete on their offensive line. Uh, and he did so, and he was okay. But then he came back to guard and, and was just okay. He wasn't the same player that he was as a freshman when he really jumped off the screen at you. Uh, but Trey Smith, at, at his size and stature, I think absolutely for the Dolphins in the interior. You want somebody to take the mantle 
from Eric Flowers, and Trey Smith played left tackle, so you know he's good with left-handed stance. If you want to redshirt a guy, if you're comfortable taking a guy in the third round, 81st overall, that you don't think is going to contribute right away, but can be developed into somebody who can make a big leap for you, Trey Smith is worth that conversation because that physical skill is still there. He just has not consistently shown it at the University of Tennessee. And that's a very real problem for some schools. I think Florida State's like that too. These guys come in and they're really high-profile recruits and they almost leave the program worse off than when they came to the program because it's several years of bad habits instilled and no player development because the coaching is a hot mess. And I just, I'm willing to bet that there's something there untapped with Trey Smith and his situation and the time he took away and being moved position wise. You can work with a guy like Trey Smith quite a bit. Meets both the thresholds for the Dolphins. Wyatt Davis at 13. 315 pounds, six foot four. The concern with Wyatt Davis, uh, incomplete athletic profile, did not participate in any athletic tests, is that he got worse, notably worse, from 2019 to 2020. I came out of the 2019 season. I'm the Big Ten regional scout for the Draft Network. So we, in the summertime and the fall, I pay specific attention to the Big Ten. And then in the winter and spring, I get caught up on the rest of the country. I left the summer study of Wyatt Davis, and I said, this is a first-round caliber player. He is physical. He's fluid. Ohio State runs inside zone, uh, but he can get and stretch the point of attack if you want to run him wide. And then you watched him this year, and he wasn't as dynamic, and he was playing out over top of his toes and folding at the waist. And I don't know if it was injury-related. I don't know if it was opt-out and then coming back and deciding to play last minute and he wasn't in playing shape. I don't know what it is. But he's at the bottom of this day-two list group because for me, that's a big concern. He's had, has an incomplete profile for what the Dolphins like, and he had a significant regression and put bad tape out there in 2020. That said, you can get the 2019 version of Wyatt Davis. Uh, I'd draft him at 50. If you can guarantee you're going to get that version of player, but I can't guarantee that. Nobody can. So it's going to be fascinating to see where he goes. I think that's his range. Is between picks 50 and 80, I'm or 81, I'm not ready to take him at 50 based off of the year that he had this past year. So if somebody else wants to make that bet, there's other options, which we just went through, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, not a math guy, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 of them. And we got another 12 out in front of us, starting with his teammate at Ohio State, Josh Myers. Josh Myers played center, 310 pounds, incomplete athletic profile, did not participate in the tests. But you watch Josh Myers. He was another guy who I thought was better in 2019 than he was in 2020. But, nonetheless, is a really good scheme fit for the Dolphins. Inside zone center that's 310 plus pounds. His double teams, his work climbing off of those, getting up, hunting up linebackers and flow on the second level, it's rock solid. And he's a bigger body than what the Dolphins had at center last year. 
Same range between 50 and 81. If you want Josh Myers, that's the window you got to be willing and able to spend to go get him. Like Wyatt Davis, I'm not ready to take him at 50. Not with some of the other options that are up on the board here in front of him. The next two are interesting. It's a, it's a duo of offensive tackle prospects that are on the lower end of weight, but they are both 98th percentile in the standing broad jump. Sam Cosme from Texas and Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. I don't think these two guys are, are particular fits for Miami. Uh, Cosme even, I think, has a chance to sneak into the first round. Miami's not going to take him there. Spencer Brown, man, he looked good at the Senior Bowl. Another one of these tall guys, but athletic build. He's built like a tight end, much like Cosme. Uh, They're both freakish athletes for their size and stature, man. In a different world, in a different year, I think they are players that the Dolphins would love to get their hands on and develop because they're both super raw. It's amazing to me that Cosme's as raw as a, a pass blocker as he is. And Cosme coming out of, or and Spencer Brown coming out of Northern Iowa, I can't say I'm too surprised. But nevertheless, um, developmental tackles with all-world traits. Teams like Minnesota are going to love them. Don't think stylistically either one of them is a home run fit for Miami, at least not in comparison to the top five, which I think is where things get really interesting. But both meet both thresholds for the Dolphins. Number eight, Creed Humphrey. The tape is too good to not have him inside the top 10 offensive lineman for the 2021 NFL draft for the Dolphins. 302 pounds, 92nd percentile in the standing broad jump. Several years of established play. I think he's one of those guys that that we've overthought a little bit. It's boring, right? He's been around for a long time. He's been really good for a really long time. Participated at the Senior Bowl. Showed out well in there as well. I think he was the only guy that could counter Washington's Levi and Wazariki in one-on-ones. This is, I mean, he's there at 50, yes. This is the kind of center if he's there at 50 you take. And you don't feel bad about it. Between 36 and 50, that's the strike zone for him, predictively. The question is, is Miami going to want to try and bulk him up a little bit at 302? Or, alternatively, are they comfortable with having a bunch of power players and then just this mobile... A uh, guy with a wrestling background, so he's really good with leverage. He can play in space a little bit more than what some of your other blockers can and use him as a weapon in that regard. I don't know. It's hard to say for certain. But I could tell you he does not meet both thresholds for the Dolphins, but the tape is too good for him to not be amongst the top 10. Right above him is another center, Quinn Miners. And I got to say, it hurt me a ton to put Quinn Miners above Creed Humphrey, but predictively and acknowledging what the Dolphins want, Quinn Miners checks more boxes. They're not afraid of developmental players. Division three, Wisconsin Whitewater. Same alma mater as Eric Studsville, Wisconsin Whitewater. Coached him at the Senior Bowl. Played guard and center. 320 pounds. 89th percentile standing broad jump. Go ahead and poke a hole. Go ahead and poke a hole, and you sign Matt Skura on a one-year deal. So you got a year to, to have him 
be coached along if you want him to be your long-term center. It makes too much sense. Quinn Miners are the guys that predictively I think are going to go on day two with an outside chance of some of these guys to sneak up into day one. But predictively, out of the guys that I know and think are day two prospects in this year's NFL draft, Quinn Miners checks all the boxes. Not a guy to take at 36. If you want him, though, you're probably going to have to take him at 50. So that's something you got to comfort yourself with. Maybe it's we'll see if Landon Dickerson is there at 36. We're going to talk about Landon Dickerson, but we're going to talk about Landon Dickerson tomorrow on the show. I know we typically do power to the pod, but I want to be respectful of everybody's time here as far as these NFL draft prospects go. I don't want to get too long-winded on the show. So we did day three and day two offensive line prospects on a Dolphins-specific big board today. Tomorrow, we will do the top seven guys who are all perceived as first-round offensive linemen. And we'll start another position group. We will finish with the offensive line discussion, though. Power to the pod. We're going to push it back later in the week because the NFL draft, listen, it's right around the corner. I know you guys got a ton of pressing questions, but we got a lot of boards to stack. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to do it. So there are seven players, offensive linemen, to be determined what order I have them stacked for Miami. Not all of them meet all of the thresholds that we know the Dolphins like. But I am going to give you one more read through 25 to 8. Day 3 and day 2 offensive linemen ranked in the form of a big board. 25 going up to 8. Tommy Doyle. Miami of Ohio, offensive tackle. Carson Green, offensive lineman, Texas A&M. Stone Forsyth, offensive tackle, University of Florida. Trey Hill, center, University of Georgia. Aaron Banks, guard, Notre Dame. Walker Little, offensive lineman, Stanford University. Jack Anderson, Texas Tech. Sedarius Hutchardson. South Carolina, Jackson Carmen, Clemson, Ben Cleveland, guard, University of Georgia, David Moore, guard, Grambling State, Trey Smith, guard, Tennessee. Those would be the guys I would constitute as fringe day two, but confident day three. I think Moore, Cleveland, and Smith have a chance to sneak up in along with Jackson Carmen. And then the day two prospects. Wyatt Davis, guard, Ohio State, Josh Myers, center, Ohio State, Spencer Brown, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa, Sam Cosme, offensive tackle, Texas, Creed Humphrey, center, Oklahoma, Quinn Miners, center, Wisconsin Whitewater. Counting down 7 through 1 tomorrow on the show, and we're going to start another group. I think it's going to be running backs. I think I'm going to stack running backs for tomorrow. So we'll see how that conversation goes. Probably won't be 25 names, uh, which will be helpful to make sure we get through the entirety of the board. Kyle Krabs, hope you guys enjoyed this walkthrough. Offensive linemen who qualify for the Dolphins criteria. 
Some who don't, but the tape is too good that if you get into that juncture of the draft, you have to have that conversation anyway. We're going to have a conversation tomorrow. We're going to finish first-round offensive linemen ranked for the Dolphins in order in which I see them being fits and the Dolphins potentially liking them. I'm looking forward to the conversation, so hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Come back, talk to us again tomorrow. Thanks, as always, for listening. Enjoy your Mondays.